Welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again to the newest edition of 3 In, 3 Out. What if the most unique Seahawks preview podcast in the multiverse? I am your host, Clinton Bonner. Find me out on Twitter, at Clinton Bond. I am joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. Find him out on Twitter, at SeahawkersPod. And of course, we have the protector of Seahawks multiverse. We're coming in at two and five. This is a weird ouch, season. Ouch, ouch. Lots of things that could happen on What If This Week, but we have the protector himself, Mr. Phil Lydic. Gentlemen, we talked about it all last week. It's the woulda, the shoulda, the coulda, the whole thing already. We're two and five, but we got this game versus Jacksonville. I look out there and I see the Vikings playing some tough opponents. I see New Orleans playing some tough opponents. And I still think that we can make the playoffs. I truly do. Playoffs? Yeah, no, no kidding. No kidding. By the way, he got he was let go the, after that, that that year. That was Moore's last year. He never coached again. People don't remember that. But anyway, Brandon, kicking it to you first. We have this what if. We're playing Jacksonville. It's Halloween night. How are you feeling at two and five? Is you know, what what are you thinking could happen for us, man? I'm trying to decide, Clinton. Are you more fired up because we got to see the Arizona Cardinals fall on national television to the Packers? Or are you more fired up of the fact that uh, Geno Smith is uh, maybe going to have a chance to show us something against these Jacksonville Jaguars? I have a question for you, Brandon. What country do we live in? America. Uh, the, both. The answer is <laughs> both. Why can't we have both? This is America. I loved watching, loved watching Kyler throw the ball to AJ Nobody because he, he certainly wasn't running a route. What a beautiful pick. Great way to end it. 1972 Dolphins pop the champagne you already do your thing. And I love the fact that Adam on the Seahawkers pod, Brandon was saying, Hey, the slide is coming. The slide for the cards is coming. And, and the soothsayer maybe started saying the suits and, and, and kick that thing off, man. Yeah, it was, it was kind of fun that we started talking about it right about halftime last night. And then for it to all come full circle just how we expected against the Packers. It, uh, it made for a good release on uh, Friday morning. So happy Blue Friday. Absolutely. All right, Mr. Phil. So we got lots to talk about today as we head, as the Jacksonville Jaguars head into the Pacific Northwest for this Halloween game. So what kind of special brew you got cooking for us this week? Thank you. Thank you, Clinton. Happy Blue Friday. We don't always record on Friday, but uh, this is a, a special edition, I suppose. Uh, it's not a Halloween special, though you might that, that might have been spooky, but uh, I don't I don't want to be spooked anymore right now. I got spooked a little bit watching the game last week, and so had enough spooky, but there is uh, maybe some creepiness to the what if, as we consider. When I think about the Jags, we only get to play them, you know, every four years, so want to get a little emphasis on Jags, and you think about that Jags, some of us might have thought, well, just a guy, right? The just a guys, the Jags, mm. which almost would work, except they have Shaquille Griffin. And I don't want to throw him in with the just a guys. He's having a better than just a guy season, maybe not up to his contract. But I thought of another group of Jags. Um, my parents used to love that show, Jags, about the Judge Advocate Generals Corp., right? And uh, maybe Brandon knows a little more about them. Hopefully, he didn't have to be really good friends with any I have Jags. I've actually been to the headquarters of the, of the Navy uh, JAG Corps. 
Okay. Nice. So he's okay. I, I, that might be a story that, that sounds pretty interesting. No, there's, there's really, that's, that's it. That's the full story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> been there. You didn't need them to save your bacon. That's, that's good. All right. Well, since everything we say on what if is based solely in the realm of the real, I'll now present to you the most famous real life jag I can think of. Counselor Tom Cruise who asked the real-life Colonel Jessup about the truth. Answer the question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! So on this episode, like it or not, we're going to try to get to the truth, gentlemen. We're going to try to get to the truth. Because that's what JAGs are all about. Helping us find the truth. So what if it's the truth? Here are the categories before we get into it. The truth about hawks and jags. The truth hurts. Oof. The truth makes you free from, you know, the Savior, John 8, 32. And you shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free. So the truth about hawks and jags, the truth hurts, and the truth makes you free. So we are on episode I eight. It was truth sets you free. Did they change well, that? It depends on it depends on your version. Okay. Yes. Eastern, yep. So depends on which one you get. So there is a set, there is a makes. Uh, but our first one, since it's episode eight, we're on an even number. And the even Mr. Clinton Bonner will get to go first on this. The truth about Hawks and Jags. And let, let's tell the truth a little bit before we get into your pontification regarding this. The record of the Jags is, of course, one in five. The Hawks have a much better record of two and five. That's double. Yeah, so I mean, that we got into the deep stuff there. Now, if you look at DVOA and Football Outsiders, we have much more encouraging news. The Jags are 32nd overall, and the Seahawks are, now this is the truth, they are 10th by DVOA and 11th by adjusted. How in the world, some fans might be saying, are we two and five? Well, we've had a lot of not getting our lucky pennies working out for us. I pretty well bombed on the what if the two pennies are going to give us some luck last week? Every kind of wrong luck. It was all heads down. That was uh, kind of how that went. But I, if we were counting on those pennies to be lucky, that that may have been our problem. The pennies should have stayed in the pocket, I guess. That that might have been what we should have done. And uh, I think another show has discussed that in plenty. Probably many other shows have. And the, the pennies maybe never should have been let out of the pocket. I don't know. <laughs> but what if the Jags defense is as bad as their 32nd rating. Now, the defense itself is 32nd by DVOA. I've heard they've got some improvement, but it really hasn't been when it comes to sacking quarterbacks in the pocket. What should we see from this offense on Mike Holmgren Day, Clinton? We have Mike Holmgren Day. We're going against a 32nd rated defense. What kind of things would you love to see here from our Hawks offense on the 31st? Here's what I want to see. The, you know, I, I looked at these numbers as well. You know, I saw and I see these beautiful Geno stats that when he's when he's in the pocket, he's he's a golden god of football. Um, it's what we've been talking about, what others have said for a, a bit now as well. It, it is it's it's the ability to work the middle of the field, and it's just it's as simple as that, right? The ability to do what other teams have done to us all year long. So the tight end dumps, the slants over the middle. Uh, seeing Collins leak out for easy six, seven, eight yard checkdowns, getting him in space. I'm going to keep it very, very simple and say, that's what I want to see. Because my fear 
is that we'll see a lot of running against this team because we probably can run on them, you know, hopefully with Collins and not Penny, not Penny. Um, and if we're going to throw and we don't want to let Gino loose clearly, well, then do the do the high percentage stuff and do it well. Do, do the three-step drop and hit a dude in stride. That's what I want to see. Use the field in between the freaking hashes and let it rip a little bit and put the Jags on their heels early because even though they're one in five and even though they're 32nd DVOA, they're, they're not that bad. and they, they, they could do some good things. If we are telling the truth to ourselves and to those listening, then I don't know if I can see this offense changing because they're going up against one of the league worst defenses. And that might be an okay thing against the Jaguars because sometimes the truth is kind of sad, isn't it, Brandon? <laughs> sometimes it can be. But in this case, I, I think they could uh, stay to the, the stick to the script of what we've seen so far this season. And the bonus is that with maybe a limited pass rush from the Jags, that we're going to see an okay Geno Smith. If he can drop back, Damian Lewis is back in this game, so he'll be protecting up front. And that will allow him to drop back, take some time to, to look downfield and look for those late developing plays. Because, yes, over these last couple weeks against the Steelers and then against the Saints, yeah, I thought the team would change. I thought they'd start looking for more short outlet passes because knowing that the defensive lines that they're going up against are going to be tough, that they'd want to get rid of the ball quickly. That didn't happen. Luckily, maybe that won't have to happen this week. All right. So that's what you want. Yeah. So even though you won't get what you really want to see, what you'd like to see is getting what you don't want to see will still work out to be the ultimate thing we all want to see, which is a win. <laughs> yes. Okay. There we go. <laughs> Bang. All right. So the truth, uh, as we continue with the truth about Hawks and Jags, you know, the Seahawks have tell the truth Monday. We're having tell the truth blue Friday. Uh, Monday told us some truth we didn't want to see, actually. So I don't know if they're going to tell the truth Tuesday. But he believes this, at least he said it on Tuesday. What if our run D has truly turned the corner? If that's the truth, now we point to another truth. Like we've around the corner, you get around the corner, you're headed for a destination. What's the next destination the Hawks defense should be heading toward? Let's say we've solved third down pretty well by doing good against the run on first, second down. And it seems that they have done well. Now we'll find out against good quarterbacks later, but what's the next destination the Hawks defense should be heading toward? Um, you know, you go somewhere with your wife, we're going to go here and we're just going to pick this up. We're just going to do this. And then on the way, well, to be honest, I did have a couple other stops or to be honest, I did have a couple other things that uh, uh, we needed to get done here. And it turns out there's more that needs to be done on defense. What, what should be that next stop, Brandon? All right. Well, if the run defense is solved, then the next stop that we make along the way is solidifying the secondary. And okay. we've had the, the secondary solidified in terms of Jamal Adams and, and DJ Reed and Quandre Diggs. But that, that fourth defensive back, the second corner, hasn't been solidified. It's going to be Trey Brown. And we've seen him taking majority of the snaps, but not just solidified. I think that unit can actually be good with Trey Brown. So, and, and we've seen even Sidney Jones coming in and playing in, in some spots. Now the receivers weren't that great against the saints, but I do think that Brown 
can be that solid addition. Now, it's not going to solve all the problems on defense. And no. I, I do think that there's a, still a dis, another destination, but I do <laughs> think that that's the next spot that we look at and say, okay, we have our, our core now in terms of defense backs. Button. So I like that last train to Clarksville right there. That That's a good one. It would not be where I was going to pit stop next. In fact, it would probably be maybe my third next stop. Um, so it's good that you took that one. The one that I think will go do, because we've seen it previously in, pre, in other years, I think we're going, I hope we'll see more consistent pass rush. And I think that's the next thing to really gel and re- really focus on. We started to see it. So last week, when we had four, four sacks, I want to say, I think we had four sacks last week. Jameis was under. Wasn't one taken away? Did we get four on the books? It was, well, I, it was yeah. one hole and two halves. And then, yes, okay. there was one taken away. Thanks all right, to all right. So, okay. Mr. Blair. So, all right. So I was, I was, I was off. Uh, so, but I thought, but I thought the pressure was, was more consistent. And I think so we started to see, you know, Hyder showed up, right? Uh, Dunlap was, was back there more often. So the names that we were saying for the weeks previous, where are they? They haven't been there at all. We started to hear those names again. That, that's, that could be big. Don't know if Taylor will be back just this week yet. Alton Robinson got some more run. Green had a better week. Uh, just overall, it seemed like there was the, the defensive line got more pressure. All three um, inside guys looked really good on doing their jobs. All three. Totally agree. You know, uh, Puna, Puna, Al Woods, and uh, and Monet all definitely did their their job. It's stuff in the run and getting that crumple zone pressure we talk about as well. Uh, but that's it for me, man. It's it's it is that's the next pit stop is getting more consistent with with our pass rush without having having to dial up blitzes. And then when we do dial up the blitzes, Jamal had his best game last week. He was making noise in, in the backfield. So just getting that better as we head into uh, the second half of the season, this bye week, that would be the next pit stop. I think we could really, really start to see, be like, oh, is this defense really good? Again, some bad, bad quarterbacks you played, but we're on the right path. That's the next, uh, the next pit stop to Clarksville for me there. And Brandon, isn't Daryl Taylor expected to play Sunday? As- he was practicing this week and he is expected to play. All right. But well, that's we heard good. that last week. That he was yeah, expected to play. We've had some other things so. happen that way. Yeah. Yes. Remember, remember, Flocktimus Prime called uh, called Pete the liest, liest of all liars, and, and said his pants are on fire still. So, so we shall see. We shall see. Sometimes the truth hurts. You know. Sometimes the truth hurts, and that's our next category, Clinton. As we think about the truth hurts. Here's something to think about. There are some painful truths for the Jags, but we're going to think about it in, in the Seahawks' uh, response. The Jags have lost the ball 12 times. They've had eight picks, four fumbles. Now the interceptions have, have lessened here recently. They have two picks on defense and zero fumble recoveries. They've only forced uh, the ball's been dropped four times. They haven't got it. So 12 to two is their turnover ratio. I mean, that sounds like recipe for aggression on this team, right? But what if the Hawks still refrain <laughs> from playing an aggressive style? Will that be Pete showing more genophobia? Or maybe it would be something else, Clinton. Uh, what might it be if we're still not playing aggressive, even on a team like this that turns it over and never forces turnovers? Yeah, so where I'm going to go is on the is on the defensive side of the ball to say, 
are we playing aggressive, right? So are we playing more man or, or are we playing these soft zones? And the, the player that I want to focus on is, you know, I play a lot of fantasy football. So this dude that I'm going to talk about is like every, you know, for two years in a row, it's like, this guy's got all the talent. This dude will get tons of volume. And there's been moments in, in his young career where he's been a heck of a player. And then he, he'll disappear. He'll disappear for a game or two and just not, not get targets. My biggest fear this game is that if folks don't know who LaVisca Chenault is yet, that by the time this game is over, it's if we're not being aggressive and we're letting him just go go sit inside zones and work the middle, that LaVisca has some sort of a game like 13 targets, 11 catches, you know, 121 to touchdown where no other team lets this guy do this. Yeah. And and he, because he's got the talent. You get the ball in this guy's hands and he's he's the Debo Samuel type, you know, he's out there, he he makes things happen. So that's where I'm going, man. If we if we're not aggressive and we don't we don't, you know, chip him at the line and just try to get in his head the way that DK got in Lattimore's head, kind of re- invert that. I think we're going to be hearing Labiska's name all day long, and, and that'll be a telltale sign that we're not being aggressive enough. And that Agnew cat's pretty dangerous too. It sounds like their yeah. their return he, guy. He bad. Yeah, he's getting he's getting tons of looks, and uh, you know he's 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 earned more more target share, um, much to, to the dismay of Labiska Chenault, you know, fantasy owners, if you will. But Agnew has has earned his his share, and two returns for a touchdown this year as well. That's he's a problem. Yep. Okay, Brandon. Will it be genophobia or something else if we're still not going aggressive this game? I think it will be genophobia if we aren't going aggressive because Clinton took the defense. I'll take the offense on this one because it is my biggest concern is that the Seahawks come into this game. They think they can win with the same formula, running the football, not being aggressive, being conservative and to the point that they don't want to turn the ball over. And a team like the Jaguars, what they've shown in previous games this year, that even against good teams, they can get out to a lead into the second and third quarter. What we know from Geno these last couple of weeks, he is not a comeback quarterback. If we take a deficit into the fourth quarter, I don't see the Seahawks winning unless there are those big turnovers uh, that, that put them in a prime position to to get the victory and that's my biggest concern is that if we don't come out aggressive enough in the first three quarters that we wait until the fourth and then it doesn't happen yet again and that would be a sad truth against a team like this that doesn't really force any turnovers but do do any of us expect anything different i mean brandon you said it earlier like you i don't think you do I'm that's, hoping for something is, different, but I'm me too. But that's the game Pete wants to play. It's the game he got last week, right? He, he got the game he wanted. We just didn't, you know, we missed field goals and we, and it, it's not Russ, it's Gino. We didn't I, have Russell Wilson and right. somebody impersonated Jason Myers. I mean, there was a lot of weird things happening in that game. Yeah. Well, let's be honest here. And that's one of my least favorite phrases that's come out last couple of years. Every kid, everybody you talk to, if I'm being honest, if I'm being honest, they say, okay, well, how about we just always be honest? How about we just have our yes be yes, our no be no, and just get to the truth. But if we are being honest, losing this particular game would be tragically painful, unfortunately. <laughs> that's part of being yep. a fan, but it would be. What if the Hawks do lose? How can they play a role in giving this game to the Jags? Like what kind of choices if we have, if we have to lose this game to the 32nd DVO team at home 
and we are 10th. In other words, we're playing from a position of strength. If we lose this game, how will have we played a role in doing so, Brandon? I don't think it'll be the players. I, I do believe that the this group of players, they are playing tough. They're not giving up. And that's a testament to coaching in one aspect. But the other aspect of it is that not being aggressive enough, being very conservative with the play calling, it's, it would be another reason why they lose this game. Special teams, if that continued, we just we haven't seen very many good special teams games. I feel like I'm a little bit of a broken record here and that I'm I'm going back to the same types of things for this. Yeah. Part of the calling of what if, if we're talking about the truth is, so what if this happens? So we're not making an emotional choice after. If we see things go a certain way, now we've already come to some conclusions because now we're not choosing just when we're all in the moment, but rather, okay, this didn't need to go this way. And since it did, this is part of why, like what, where will the blame go if we lose this game that we cannot lose? If we don't see this team come out as if their season depends on it, it's because they don't see this game as being dependent on their season. And one of the reasons is you look around the rest of the NFC and you see teams like the 49ers who are expected to contend for the playoffs. You see a team like the Vikings and the Bears in the North and you see all these teams that are very underperforming. And I can very much see a guy like Pete Carroll, other players on the team, not seeing this as their back being up against the wall quite yet. Wow. All right. That's it. And and it's it's wild to think that. That's with a powerful only two thing wins. to say. Yeah. But I could I could see them taking that approach of, okay, well, we just gotta wait until after the bye week to get Russ back and then we can go on a run and have that expectation that that run is still out there. And really this game isn't as important as, as maybe we all as fans think it is. I hope, I hope that, I mean, I think you hope too, that that's not the case. And I, and I, I don't think it will be. I, I think that they, I think they all kind of know that two and six, uh, you know, two, <laughs> two and six is good. Yeah, even with that 17th game this year, um, they're probably buried. They are most likely buried at two and six. Three and five. I know it's not a great record, but but it really is a huge, huge difference. To but and to go, Phil, for your side to answer the the question, I look at how a chance to rag on the Cardinals again, right? Look how the Cardinals lost that game. That Cardinals lost that game due to sloppiness. The Geno like way. That, they lost it the Geno way. They well, they lost. Well, yeah, the, the Geno way. So some of that, right? The, the interception at the end to close it out. I probably not on. Uh, probably not on Murray. Uh, probably on AJ Green. Maybe so. Yeah. You know, bl- blocking on a, a obvious pass play, which is an odd, it's a bold choice, AJ. Um, but, but they also had a muff punt where the Packers got the ball at the three yard line. So it, it was by, by, by a rookie, right. By uh, Rondell Moore, not fully committing. And then there were myriad plays in that game where the Cardinals were way, were the, way more the sloppier team. This is quite the compliment, um, Clinton, I have to say. You're comparing the Cardinals and Packers to the Seahawks and Jazz and Jags right now. That's quite the complimentary <laughs> well, style. Well, listen, the DVOA don't lie, right? You know, I I I I will still contend that even at 2 and 5, I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now, the Seahawks are still more of a contender than a pretender. Um and that's why they can't go to this 2 and 6 and lose and lose to the Jags, can't do it. But that's that's for it for me, Phil. It's It'll be it'll be sloppiness, sloppiness 
It'll be sloppiness and and maybe on and maybe from edge players, edge players that it just in general, like when I say edge players, I mean not core players. Okay. Dudes, okay. dudes we bring in. I'm not picking on the dude because he hasn't done it yet. But example, Freddie Swain has a fumble or something like He's that. He's a heads-up dude, though. Yeah, I, I, I like I like me some Freddie. I'm not trying to knock on wood and bring and bring any bad juju towards Freddie. Um, but that's how I think this game gets gets on tilts. And other than that, I think uh, you know I I I actually we're going to win this game. We're going to win this game. <laughs> Put it out there. Okay. All right. Isn't well, the it, truth makes you it stink that our confidence is so shot after a couple of games. And even though Phil, you point out the the DVOA that the disparity between the Seahawks and Jaguars in terms of you know, the, these types of statistics we tend to rely on. It says that this should be a game that the Seahawks, even with Geno Smith, can win. But yet, you know, it's I, I feel the uh, I, I hear your words, Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I, 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 but I don't there's feel words. <laughs> there's yeah, words yeah, yeah. you can say and you can do and you can really believe. Right. We can say all kinds of things, but it's the truth that makes us free. And so what if the Hawks on this final category here what if the hawks come out looking really good against the jags will that have any impact or how much of an impact will it have on how you feel about this team and why clinton if the hawks just come out all the way around looking good none of the sloppiness they dominate aggressive or not they just look good how will you feel monday if they do clinton yeah so i'm gonna I'll i'll put a number out there and say to me that feels like 28 to 9 Right. Just like 20, 26 to, to seven. A very Clinton That's, style way of introducing what he's going to say. Yes. Yeah. I, I want, you know, cause I want to wrap myself around like, what does that feeling feel like? And how, and then for me to do that, it's like, well, how, how much did we win by? But that's what would feel dominant even with, uh, without, without a starting quarterback. Um, you know, Monday, Monday becomes, becomes, you know, doc, Dr. Clint's medicine woman. Cause all I want to know about Monday is how's that mallet finger, bro? How's that mallet like that? Cause we're, cause at that point we're three and five, we could all look at the schedule and go, Hey, there are six more winnable games sure. right there. And we got to go steal a game from two versus the cards, yep. one versus the pack, one versus, uh, versus the Rams. Cool. Can we get to nine, 10? We certainly can. So we, we get to three and five and that's it, man. I, I, I put on my, my stethoscope. And, uh, and I want to know all about that finger and make sure that we get rust of the rest he needs and, and we have hopefully have him back for the, for the Packers game, or we come to the realization that, Hey, it ain't going to happen for the Packers game. He needs one more week off and we could just mentally be like, okay, cool, whatever. We're three and six put, you know, concentrate all firepower on the nearest star destroyer. <laughs> and that becomes the Cardinals game. Cool. Do that. That's okay too. Because bottom line is we got we got to take one of those two anyway. And you, Brandon, let's free yourself by saying how you're really going to feel if we dominate it against the Jaguars. I, I'm glad Clinton put it that way with regard to the Packers game because it was Mike Holmgren's first year the last time the Seahawks won at Lambeau. So having the expectation that they're Yikes. suddenly going to turn it around and get their first win in multiple decades, that's not realistic. But if, if Russ needs that extra week, yes, I, I'm also fine with that but it does put even more importance on this game. And I'm also with Clinton in terms of the number of points that they need to put up. Good teams dominate bad teams, and they have that potential that with a veteran quarterback in Geno Smith, I think 
a multiple touchdown win is possible, especially with a Jaguars team that turns the ball over as much as it does. If they're turning it over early, the Seahawks are getting up on this team early and can take a two-touchdown lead yes, into the Brandon, fourth quarter. Yes, Brandon, believe. <laughs> and then I believe that this, this is so this disappointing could be a win going and have, and have us all feeling good going into the bye week. Okay, I'm encouraged, but I'm disappointedly encouraged when it's like a two-score win is possible against the 32nd DVOA team, and yet. We do feel that way a little bit, don't we? I would it, be happy with a two-score win. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean two touchdowns, not, yes. not a couple field okay. goals. Not not two Six points. Point like two extra is, points is two field goals, but that is not a two-score victory. I, I got to be honest, guys. If we if we win the game two nothing, I, I still feel I, I don't I don't feel as good Monday. No. But, but Monday that doesn't the, the W. No, we're is talking the about thing. feeling good, not so okay, satisfied. No, good. we come out looking good. Like the offense does look like they're in control of this game. Maybe I'll feel a little better. Um, I think I will. I think I will. I'm just not sure what I think of the Jags quite yet, but we should look good against this team. That that was kind of the point. And that's kind of the truth that makes us free. I mean, you know, uh, if we're concerned, if we're even going to be able to control this team, that, that does say a little something. And maybe it's just about the quarterback, which brings us to this other question, which includes both teams again a little bit. What if, and now we're going to get to the honesty here because we have people listening and, um, Sometimes confession can be helpful. What if we told the truth or and st- this will be starting with Brandon. What if you told the truth to the listeners about how you really feel about these two quarterbacks, what you really expect from these two quarterbacks? Here's the question. Do you have any thoughts about them that are hard for you to admit when we're talking about Trevor Lawrence, Geno Smith? Are there thoughts that are hard to admit about these two quarterbacks that you might be able to express, Brandon. Hmm. Going into confession here with, <laughs> with regard to Geno Smith. Well, Phil, I I have to admit that when I heard the stadium chanting yeah. Geno Smith's name against the Rams, <laughs> I truly believe that he could be good. Yeah, I almost did too. I couldn't believe that I was thinking that. Yeah. No, I believe that. After after I saw that 98-yard drive, I believed that Geno Smith could be good and it, because I believed that they had a plan with for uh, specifically for Geno when he entered the game if that were to ever happen. You're a professional football team. You have you make plans for all eventualities just in case those eventualities happen. That didn't happen with Geno. What about with Trevor? Trevor's good. I think we are going to see plays from Trevor Lawrence that we go, wow, this is why this guy was picked number one overall in the draft this year. There's going to be those plays. How the Seahawks respond to that, it's going to tell us ultimately what happened in this game. What do you think, Clinton? Is there anything hard to admit or that you haven't really expressed your thoughts about Gino or Trevor? Yeah, and I appreciate the chance to go last on this one because it was a deeper question, and uh, and sometimes I could sometimes I could run my mouth before I think. That's not always the best. So the piece for me that I want to admit to all the Seahawks fans out there is, it's going to be very frustrating for me when I see Trevor Lawrence outrushing Geno Smith and the ability and and but with planned, yeah, you know, with planned QB runs. And I, you know, I know we went over that. This is not really part of Gino's game. I'm going to beat this, beat this horse here. Um, 
that we ought to plan some QB runs because they can be very successful. I know the Jags going to do it because they do that with Trevor Lawrence. He's a he's a good runner. He, you know, he's a, he's a very he's actually a good quarterback. Period. Um, he's going to make his mistakes and, and all that jazz as a rookie. There's going to be some plays where he's getting you know eight twelve yards a clip on plan runs, and we're going to be mad that we're not doing we're not taking that page of the playbook. So I want to admit that now that um I, I don't want that anger to, to come at me on Sunday, but but I'm going to admit that I think it's going to. Yeah, I could see that. And anything about Gino? Honestly, no, because at this point, Brand, Brandon hit it, um, and I I was bought into, and, and I was bought in before the 98 yard drive. I live in Connecticut. I I saw Gino play a decent amount in New York, and I was always like, this dude's on a bad team. He's not. He's. I saw him make drives as a Jet, where I'm like, he's not a bad quarterback. I mean, he's not good, but he's you know he's he's a middle of the road, and I thought a upper echelon backup. I that's I did think we had a good backup, and I want to be proven right. So that I I want I the the admission the admission is that's what I thought he was. I would love to be proven right in this game that it's like you know what. He actually is at least a decent backup and not an 0-3 guy going against three, you know, mediocre at best to bottom third teams and not able to get one dub out of this three. He's got to get that one dub. And I admit if he doesn't, I would have been real wrong. Yeah, I could see that. And I, I kind of bought in as well. I have to admit that I thought that he was going to come in with some veteran ability between his ears. You know, I, I didn't think he was going to be accurate. I thought he would be able to handle things at the line. And maybe you didn't listen to the Matt Hasselbeck show this week, but he was talking about how much the quarterback has to do with the run game and deciding. I mean, one of the things Adam was getting frustrated about was nine in the box. I mean, that's really up for Gino to see that. I, I didn't realize how much he was going to kill us because a guy goes in with a couple plays. If there's a, if it's a good run, look, you stick with the run. But if you got a play call for a pass, it's a good pass. Look, you stick with it. But if the defense shows otherwise, that is on you to get that changed. And over and over in that last game, Gino was killing us before the ball was being snapped by his inability to see things that I really, really expected Gino to be able to handle. And so, yeah, I got caught up because I was at the game. We're going Gino, Gino. But the truth was they were playing prevent and he was just moseying down a quick game. But I'm a little bit worried that if he doesn't get the initial right call in, that he's not going to be able to handle things the way Russell does in switching over to the right direction, the right movement on getting the proper run or switching to the right location. And that might make this Jacksonville defense look a little bit better than they should. And so that's my that that's what I think is uh, my concern for this. That's my one concern for this game. Great, great points there. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it seemed like going back to the Rams game, he was, he was there, but he was checking in and out of things pretty quickly. Yeah. He was at the line and making calls and like, it was a lot of fluidity and maybe, who knows, maybe the game plan was strip that away, simplify, simplify, right? To the point of uh, whatever it was, seven or nine runs in a row where he's, where maybe someone's in his ear being like, nope, this is how we're going to win the game. Uh, I just wonder, I wonder how we got to that because when he was thrown into the fire, he was audibly, he was very vocal in that Rams game and, and that, and a couple of those drives. So something changed and uh, I'm not sure if it's what's between his brains or what was, what's being fed into his ear. Between both brains? 
<laughs> Shade the main brain brain. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest fear of Trevor, and it's just the smallest, smallest thing, but that this could be like his coming out party. What a bummer that would be to happen on our turf. And I mean, I don't expect it, but if that happened, what a disappointment. I, that's the truth of this would be bad if it's like he shows all the good stuff against us. What a bummer. I, that I like be. how Phil is giving us the answers that he wishes that we would have given in our answers. That's <laughs> it's good. Okay. It's like, Phil thought about this dude. He's like, he, he, wa- he wants to, he wants to throw his hats in there. And I, I appreciate that. Sometimes a what if pre-confession can be helpful to, to alleviate a little bit as you head into it. Anything else guys? No, I hope everybody has an awesome Halloween. You'll get, you get the good, you get the good candies of course. And, uh, and then everybody has, have some fun. Uh, I'm going to be a tense ball on this one. The last couple of weeks, I was like, you know, we'll, we'll get one of these now that we didn't. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of tense guys. I I'm usually loosey goosey and I'm not feeling that way, but, uh, but that's how I'm rolling. And it's like, we just have to win this game. I don't want to be two and six. I don't want my football season to be over before November 1st. I'm a Mets fan. I'm used to my baseball season being over before August 1st. I am not used to my football season being over before November 1st. I can't live in that multiverse, Phil. Yeah, I think there's a lot riding on it, but it's like you kind of have to roll snake eyes, but there is that chance, and that's why we watch the games, right? Brandon? You had that opportunity after he was kind of going down a dark path there, and I don't think he pulled him out of it, Phil. No, I think I, I think I put him down the spiral, <laughs> uh, down the hole a, a bit a bit more, unfortunately. So I think, I think we're going to win. It, you just got to win. You just got to win. Just gotta win. So, that's it. The cold hard truth is we do sort of need to win this Sunday. So what if we say go Hawks? Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Spooky.